Live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor. Live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And on audio via Apple Podcast. Unfortunately, guys, welcome to Live with CDP Sports Talk, Season 5, Episode 27. Unfortunately, there are some technical difficulties with my opening intro. Uh, I will try to figure them out uh, for the next show, but I do apologize, as I do like hearing Tim St. Clair's voiceover with my opening video. But uh, again, guys, thank you for tuning in to Live with CDP Sports Talk on this Sunday, February 19th, 2023, one week after the Super Bowl. And it's kind of like I already missed the NFL one week later. But I'm looking forward to today's show. Before we get to our guest today, guys, uh, I'm just going to let you know, as always, uh, today's uh, Live with CDP podcast is sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. You can check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles, or give Barry Cullen uh, dealership a call at 519-824-0210, or email them at information at barrycullen.com. And also, guys, you can do your pre-orders now for the O-Electric Silverado pickup truck or the O-Electric Cadillac Lyric. And speaking of Cadillac Lyric, they do have one now at Barry Cullen Chevrolet where you can now uh, book an appointment for a test drive at Barry Cullen Chevrolet. So, uh, either book it through barrycollin.com's website or give them a call again at 519-824-0210 as well. And again, thank you to Barry Cullen Chevrolet for sponsoring Live with CDP Sports Talk, which is celebrating its 247th episode today as well. All right, guys. Uh, my guest today, her name is Maya Ellison. She is the sports director for WANM 90.5 FM in Tallahassee, Florida, and she also directs and coordinates activities of person uh, personnel engaged in broadcast sports news. And she's also uh, a journalism uh, journalist. And uh, looking forward to speaking to Maya about her career in media and broadcasting and that as well. So, just one second, I'm going to bring on today's guest, Maya. Good afternoon. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. I uh, sorry about that technical difficulty. We spoke about it in the green room, and unfortunately, I unfortunately, I don't know why it froze like that. But I guess sometimes things happen when you're live streaming as well. Say, yeah, it's all good. You know, in the, like we were talking about in the broadcast world, you just gotta get acclimated to expecting the unexpected, right? Roll with the punches. Roll with the flow. Exactly. Yes. It's all good. <laughs> so, so how's the weather in Tallahassee, Florida, right now? Um, I don't know whether to say hot or cold. Like when you're looking out the window, you think it's going to be hot. But when you step out, it's like really cold. Um, it kind of reminds me of like Georgia a little bit. But in Tallahassee right now, it is cold, I guess, like the rest of the country. But um, yeah, it's pretty cold outside. That's why I got, you know, my long sleeves going on representing my university. <laughs> uh, Miami, right? Uh, Florida A&M. Florida so A&M. Mm-hmm. I go to Flor. I go to Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. Um, it's an HBCU um, in Tallahassee, Florida, just down the street from Florida State. 
Um, and I love it here. I'm from Atlanta and they, well, we'll get to, you know, kind of why I attended FAMU, but yeah, I, I really do love it here. I feel like they, I've made great strides here being a Rattler, you know, it's in my blood basically. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been to Florida since I was a baby back in the seventies. So I really should come back and visit Florida yeah. at some point. Yes. Yeah, I'm not a native. I'm not a native of Florida, but I guess I've been here for four years. Not gonna say I'm a native of Florida, but I guess I kind of it's 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 not in me that I go to school here, so it's all good. <laughs> how far how far is where you are now from home in Georgia? It's actually four hour drive, and it's not that bad. Um, it's really a straight shot. You got to take a few back roads, and then uh, you make it to Tallahassee. But it's it's. It's like a college town, um, and it's four hours from front, where, from where I'm from. I'm from Stone Mountain, which is like metropolitan Atlanta area. But somebody asked, you know, I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> so, how many years is this program that you're taking right now, currently? Yeah, so I um I graduated in 2023. Well, this year in May, and um, the program was a four year program. It's um, an undergraduate program. So, out of high school, I decided like I wanted to go to FAMU because my dad went here. Um, both of my parents went to HBCUs. My dad went to Florida A&M, and then my mom went to Alcorn, which is a HBCU in Mississippi. And so um, it was kind of like, you know, I, they taught me and they showed me, you know, just how going to an HBCU and, and then going out into the working world, both of them working um, in the computer science industry, um, you know, I realized, okay, maybe HBCU is for me. So I tried my luck at FAMU, and I got in, and I've been here for four years, really just grinding and hustling it out. I, I knew coming in, you know, I have conversation with so many of my friends, like, you know, how did you know about what you wanted to do? Or uh, did you already know off rip that you wanted to be a journalist? And I was like, yeah, you know, I was blessed enough to go to schools in Georgia that already, I guess, opened up that realm for me. Um, like they had, I, I was doing like reporting on camera in fourth grade, no joke. Like I, I started doing that, you know, you do it for play. But then as I got older, I was like, wait, I really like this. I like telling stories. I like interviewing. And then, of course, I played tennis um, since I was like three or four. My dad was my coach and, of course, being a father at the same time. So um, that really influenced me to just combine both my love for sports and my love for storytelling into being a journalist. Um, so coming to FAMU, I started out doing like, anything I could think of, reporting, um, uh, going out, being my own MMJ, my own writer, um, just doing things like that, things I'm excited about, really. Um, and I've been doing that for four years and really just following the mantra of to be the best journalist and to be the best, like, up this top in the industry. You know, you want to be able to understand everything, uh, whether that be working behind the camera, whether that that's working on like audio and video, uh, being a reporter, you know, like you, you, you can attest to that. And so it's just the, the love and the want to really grind and, and hustle it out in this industry that I, that I love. And being here at FAMU, it really taught me that. I was going to say when I was b back in the nineties, when I was in my twenties, I did like broadcasting, mm -hmm. but I just didn't, mm -hmm. they didn't have the technology like they did now, but you know what? Yeah. It's never too, my story is a little different from everyone else's, but I'm just proving, I'm trying to prove to people that it's never too late to switch careers. And uh, I love hearing my guest stories and, and uh, my story, I was just in the right place at the right time, did some camera mm -hmm. work and then it led to my, uh, podcast show and then i uh i do freelance media work and uh i'm now learning how to do live interviews and digital writing yeah. I, I guess they call it blogging but i call it digital writing so 
yeah, digital I, writing. <laughs> yes. So I'm just trying like it yourself. I think I, my story is a little different than yours, but I think it can relate to you because I'm just trying to learn as much as I can, yeah. uh, volunteering and also uh, working for the local university here as a camera operator as well. Yeah, what, what people tell me all the time, you want to be a sponge in no matter what room you walk in, right? Like I come in and the first thing, like for, I'll tell an example. For example, let's say I apply for a job, right? And um, let's say you get no's or let's say you go out for something at your own job and you get the answer no. You take that opportunity to learn some of the reasons as to, you know, why you weren't denied or why you were denied the opportunity. But then it also gives you a chance to network and say, OK, let's say I apply again or let's say I go out for like a, a, a TV or a camera op position. Right. You know, you you can cater to those skills, you know, because a no can be a, a yes to someone else or it can be just that that one word can be the push that you need to really grind and and really just understand okay this is the skill set that i need to work on in this industry if i want to be able to understand everything you have to be a sponge and that that's some of the things that, is that have really taken me far in this industry by just gravitating and, and really networking with with everyone no matter who they are Great advice, and I couldn't say it better myself. And one thing, too, <laughs> is rejection is a part of this industry. I've been rejected yeah. a number of times. I've had a couple of radio stations, <laughs> a couple of radio stations turn me down, but one of them told me what I needed to do, gain a little yeah. more experience, a little bit in the news. I'm not, I created a new podcast, a monthly news podcast, and it's uh, local news, local businesses with a co-host. So mm -hmm. I'm going to prove that I can work with a co-host and do shows. There. I, we, we all love sports, but I also want to prove to the radio stations in the media industry I can do more than just sports as yeah. well. Yeah, news and sports. I mean, be a jack of all trades. I love using that phrase. Like you, you have to hit the ground running is what my dad would say. But like you have to be a jack of all trades in this industry because at the end of the day, sports is news. You know, for me, I'm an advocate for being a storyteller. Like the reason why I want to be a sports journalist is to be able to allow athletes, coaches, um, team representatives, whoever, to just make their voices heard, you know, and, and we have that outlet to be able to do so and to help them with that. Um, so you you really have to take those opportunities and just like, like we were talking about, be versatile, be a sponge, uh, take in everything you can, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, and I just love learning new things. And last night I directed my first volleyball game, university volleyball mm -hmm. game, and then I did replay, okay. and, and I love it. I was a little nervous, but I really loved it, and it's just the learning aspect of it. I just love it because for 20 yeah. years in my other profession, I stopped growing. I stopped learning, and mm -hmm. uh, everybody in your industry has been really great with me, and nobody's judged me based on my age or whatever or my uh, not having the schooling. Not, yeah. So, yeah, so. But uh, yeah, that's. I think that's great that you were able to come on here today and and share your story as well. Um, you've already answered a couple of questions, but here's one I wanted to ask you this. Well, this question as well. Um, did you have yeah. a mentor? Did you have a mentor or mentors when you first started up in journalism and in the broadcasting industry, and somebody that yeah. you specifically looked up to in the in the in the national media? Yeah, of course. I mean, I like I was telling you earlier, I always knew that journalism was something that I that I wanted to do, you know, and I think it sparked because I like growing up playing tennis and my parents were really I'm the only child. So my parents were some of the people that I looked up to simply because of just the things that they did and the accomplishments that they've met and just how they carry themselves and 
you know, they teach those certain mantras and lessons to me that I literally see myself using in my everyday life, right? So as you know, me and my dad, we watch sports and stuff and like take tennis. You know, I, I started realizing that there were a lack of women that looked like me um, that were sometimes doing the interviews and sometimes doing the commentary. And so I was like, hmm, maybe I want to try that, you know? And so I got to college and I was like, okay, I want to cater to all types of sports, whether that be football, basketball, um, tennis, and one person in particular, her name is Tiffany Green, and she is a graduate of, of Florida a and University, came out of the broadcast program, and really just showed me that her, herself, as well as Pam Oliver, those were two women, they both went to Florida A&M, and I saw them in their strides that they made. Um, knowing that Tiffany Green is now my current mentor, but, and I haven't quite yet met Pam Oliver, but just, I, I watched them, you know, not saying on crazy things, like I studied their work, you know, sometimes the old school way is the best way to, to look at things and to learn, you know, journalism is changing so much. And I feel like by watching them, I was able to just gain so much knowledge, you know, talking to Tiffany about so much advice, how to, how to go about making your package when you're reporting things to do when you think about when you're interviewing, you know, just how to be that game changer in the industry and just seeing women like Tiffany Green, for example, you know, she commentates for HBCU football. You know, there were times where people told me I couldn't do certain things because I never played football, but to see women like Tiffany Green and Pam Oliver really just make those strides, especially as like black women in this industry. I mean, it's amazing. I could go on and on about it, but those two were, were the first, the first women that I realized like, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, and of course, I have so many mentors. I was blessed to be in organizations that provided mentorship from um, 21st century leaders, which was like a high school program I did. And it catered to like journalism and business. And I walked in the rooms where I never thought that I would walk in. Um, and now I'm like an Emma Bowen Foundation fellow, which provides so much mentorship and so much guidance when it comes to this industry, especially for people of color and, and, and even outside of just understanding the realms of this industry, you know, and so I'm learning from so many people and, and there are so many others that I really could could think and really just say, you know, I look up to them, but I, I'm learning from everybody. <laughs> and, you know, one thing I've also learned as well, uh, especially doing this podcast and media is listening skills are huge. And uh, what you just said there led to this question right here. Can you just tell my audience here in Ontario, I'm just outside of Toronto, about the Emma Bowen Foundation fellow, like yes. what it's all about? yes. So the Emma Bowen Foundation is basically an organization that that they help and they guide um, people of color within the industry. So it's not catered to just sports journalism. If you want to work in political journalism, um, if you want to go into uh, PR, um, graphic design, um, anything related to journalism, communi communi the communication realm, the media realm. I mean, the great thing about the organization, I went on the retreat. So every year, they every summer, they have a retreat. Um, you get resume guidance. Um, you work on your cover letter. Um, you learn about being confident, about being yourself in rooms where, um, you know, people will, I, I never realized how much people are alike when you realize that other people walk in a room and they, they're, they're timid or, you know, you may be dealing with some inner things like, man, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm walking into this football game. I may be the only woman in there or I may be. Um, you know, just the only person that looks like, you know, and you have those conversations and realize that others think and, and deal with the same thing. And so with the Emma Bone Foundation, they really just teach you how to be that, that, that dominant uh, person within this industry. 
Um, and the, but they also teach you so many skill sets. They introduce you to so many different people. There are so many amazing men and women that are now working with ABC World News, Good Morning America. Um, they have partnerships with companies from Turner to the NFL, um, Turner Sports, the NFL, um, Warner Media, um, different things like that. And, and I think the great thing about the foundation is that they open up doors. They help open up doors that you probably would have never thought that you would have walked through, you know. Um, and so I, I really enjoy being a fellow. And right now they they actually have a program for students that are graduating. So like me um, and just really helping us get ourselves together when it comes to what do you do when you apply for a job? Um, how does your resume look? You know, there's a certain structure about when you have to put your resume together or your cover letter. Some of the things that you would never know if you don't ask or if someone won't tell you. Right. Um, so I, I really coined the Emma Bowen Foundation for really just helping and, and guiding students like me to really want to make it in this industry. I was going to say, that's just great to hear that story as well. Now, the one thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, as well, Amaya, is how important has an internship been in your career? And uh, just tell us about your experiences with Fox 5 Atlanta and also with ESPN, um, with their digital team was like as well. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm real glad to say, and I'm really blessed to be able to have had so many internships, but the story behind that, um, I think I was saying earlier, I was a part of an organization in high school and they had a partnership with CNN at the time. And so I ended up applying, you know, just to try my luck a senior in high school, wanted to get my internship started. Um, my parents were pushing me to do it anyway. So I was like, okay, cool. So I applied and I ended up interning with CNN News Source. And so in that entity of the internship, basically I learned the business side of, of the industry. Um, basically understanding how different assets work when it comes to acquiring like different stations. Um, so like how CNN budgets and how they uh, partner with different stations across the country. That was what I, that was my understanding in that internship. So after that, I used that internship to say, you know what, I want to understand everything in the industry. So I got to college and right away, I reached out to professors and deans um, at Florida a and particularly professors like Professor um, Kenneth Jones or um, Professor Blackburn, um, who essentially talked to me as a freshman, right? You know, don't really know anything. Um, and I also have to coin, um, her name is Isla Wilborn and she actually was an anchor at the time at Florida A&M's TV 20 station. And so uh, she was like, you should reach out. You know, she's one of my mentors now back then. Um, she was like, you should reach out and really just see what you can do. You want to go into sports, see what you can do at FAMU. Reached out to these professors. They were like, hey, go out to spring practice, go out to the football practice, um, talk to students like Avery or Ty or Bobby um, and, you know, different students there. So that's what I did. I literally followed their their steps and, you know, the instructions. I went out. I got training, I was asking questions. Um, soon I was able to complete like my first package as a freshman, um, which in turn allowed me to have like work in, in articles. I was, I was writing articles, I was coming in, I was hitting the ground running. Um, I say all that to say because I hit the ground running and I was really just, I was passionate. I wanted to get started in this industry. Even though there were professors that were like, you know, you need to slow down, I was like, I don't want to slow down. Like, I, I just want to keep going. You know, it was the grind. And so um, my sophomore year, I think, yeah, my sophomore year was when I got my first like journalism uh, 
internship. And it was because I had all of the things that I did my freshman year. I had a package. I had articles that I wrote for the FAMU and um, I had other things. Um, so this internship was with Orlando Sentinel. And it was actually, I just found this out like a year ago that, that the internship was supposed to be for a senior. But because I had, of course, like professors saw something in me that honestly I probably didn't see in myself. But um, I also had the work to back me up. I was able to basically intern with Orlando Sentinel. Um, and I wrote articles every every game day for Florida State, um, went to their home games. And of course, this is when COVID hit. So you had to follow the protocol between wearing your mask and staying distance when you were in the press box, you know, like, yeah. and I had to adapt to that. Yeah, I had to adapt to that. But it was just an amazing experience because I was like, not only is this my first like real journalism internship, but there's so many ways I can take this and really use it to my advantage when it comes to learning new things. Um, so then after that, I was able to apply for other internships, um, which led to things like um, um, Fox 5 Atlanta, working with their digital team and how I go back to saying I wanted to understand everything. Um, I worked for Fox 5 for two years and through their digital team, I was able to understand how, like the correct way when you're publishing articles and that was strictly news, right? So that was a different realm for me. You know, I was, I was stepping into like an uncomfortable territory for me, but I learned so much news judgment. I learned about like, man, like there's so much crime going on, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I see this article. That's me, I wrote that, you know? Um, and so I did that for two years and I just learned so much about the digital realm. You know, it's digital is really growing in this industry, I will say. And so I was able to not only publish articles, but help with things on social media, publish videos on YouTube, um, utilize like SEO and, and how to how to um, use search engine optimization and, and understand what viewers look at and how viewer engagement is, you know, just the deeper side of what viewers and I guess when you're scrolling through your phone, what you see from the other side of the screen, right? Um, and so then I was able to intern with Turner Sports, uh, which was like a production internship. So basically, I was able to understand archival footage and, you know, create me and a, two other guys. We had to create this film. It was so cool. And then finally, I interned with ESPN um, and it was with their SEC department. It was kind of similar to Fox 5. I was doing literally the same thing, but more so on, a, on the SEC uh, sports side. You know, and through all those internships and just experiences that I've done at school, whether it's reporting, having to write articles, write my own script, uh, produce my own show, you know, I, I, I'm learning a lot, you know, and I feel like that, that's what differentiates uh, or the greatest advice that, like I told you, you have to understand everything in the industry. And I literally kept telling myself from the time I got to FAMU to now I'm graduating, I said, every internship I, I blessed to receive, I want to be able to pick up something different. So that way I can add to my skill set, knowing that, yes, I want to be a sports journalist. And yes, I really want to work in the sports industry. But how can I use like the skill set of understanding how to log archival footage to use it for when I'm creating a package and I have to, you know, create that, you know, it, it's, it's so much, so much I can talk about, but I say all that to say, you know, I was blessed to receive these internships because I knew that I wanted to be a sports journalist and I knew that I wanted to understand everything in the, in, in the industry. And I just went out and had to do it, <laughs> but I'm all my internships were fun. Like I, I really loved them. <laughs> Hey, since I've got you on here, I got to ask you this. Any advice for 
someone that wants to do digital writing. They call it blogging, but I call it digital writing. I've uh, started doing it for the last nine months now and mm-hmm. created my own. I created my own opportunities with the uh, Canadian Football League, the National Basketball League of Canada, uh, the AAA's Buffalo Bison. So when somebody's told me no, I have basically went out and created my own opportunities. And a lot of these sports yeah. leagues have been great with me. So any advice you could give myself or anybody watching or, or listening uh, who wants to get into even just digital writing aspect of journalism? Yeah, digital writing, like I said, the digital and social aspect of the industry is growing. You know, I was talking to uh, one of like the some of the people that used to be on the, one of my internships. And basically, he was like, the worst someone can tell you is no. You know, if you have a passion for writing, right, if you have a passion for being a storyteller, the worst someone can tell you is, is literally no. No one is stopping you from doing it yourself, right? Like how you said, you're a testimony to that. There are times where I I have a sports page and I'll sometimes go on there and talk about like the Falcons or say, you know, check out this highlight. Like I like to edit. So I'll do like a little hype hype boomerang video, add some sound, you know, but I I say if you want to go into the digital realm or or no matter what in no matter what realm within the broadcast or journalism industry, just take the opportunity by storm. If you have a passion for it, the most you can do is say, what how can you write a a piece on like tom brady you know or you can find so much information on social media and on the internet that you can literally teach yourself you know and that can also be a testimony to others when you reach out to in uh people in the professional world in the digital world broadcast world see man like like he's really doing his thing he's He's doing his own thing and he's really making strides. Consistency and having the passion is something that I feel like you can't teach. Like it has to be in you. You have to want something. My, my teacher in high school used to say, how bad do you want the A? Like how bad do you want to make it in this industry, right? And everybody's like, it's so competitive. You want to be on air. You want to be a journalist. And it's like, it may be competitive, but I know that there are journeys to it. It's like there, there, there's, everybody has a testimony, right? And so. You just have to be that living testimony and go at it and do it yourself um, if someone tells you no, like you were talking about. Um, yeah, and I, I I can also attest to say that I've become and really brought upon that mantra for me because I've read so many stories about like reporters and anchors. Like uh, I forgot to even say like one of the women that I first saw before like Tiffany Green or Pam Oliver was Justina Anderson. I used to sit there and literally watch her old like tapes when she used to work at um, like local stations. I used to just sit and watch and I used to be like, man, like that's what I want to do. And I ended up doing that when COVID hit, I started doing interviews. I was like, hey, you want to get on Zoom and do an interview? Like players that go to FAMU, you know, different players that, that saw my different athletes that saw my stuff on social media and they were down to do it. And, you know, you just have to take that opportunity. So yeah, just just take the opportunity, and I say don't say don't take no for an answer. I don't. I mean that it's good and bad, but you know, just don't take no for an answer. <laughs> no, that's great stuff, uh, Maya. Uh, and I also, when I started this podcast, it wasn't very good three years ago. I couldn't get guests on, but I never gave up. And I had yeah. a couple people support me. And as soon as I got an actor, actress on from Los Angeles, I started getting guys from the industry that I looked up to oh, and they wow. came on and I, I reached out and everyone's like, Chris, how have you gotten all these people on your show? And I'm like, I reach out to people. I tell them what I'm doing. And 90 
95% of the time. And uh, I'm very lucky to have great guests such as yourself. And, yeah. and uh, podcast well, is you. only as good as its guest. And and, the, and people think, oh, doing yeah. a podcast at home is easy. It's a lot of work. I'm the producer. I'm the host. And I have to do guest You're the writer. Yeah. I do everything. Yes. I do everything. You do everything. And that's, and, and I and I love it. It's not work. I shouldn't even say the word work. It's something I have a passion for and I love it. And I just love hearing your story and my guest stories. And it just keeps me motivated. And I always look forward to doing these podcast shows as much as I like doing camera work or doing my freelance <laughs> media work. So yeah. I'm trying to be like yourself, a jack of all trades. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, the worst somebody can tell you is no. And just by you being that living testimony and being able to say, I've gotten countless amount of no's. I've gotten countless amount. Like when you go out and ask people, hey, this is my podcast. This is what I do. You want to be on it? It's either going to be a yes or a no, right? No. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you you still have to, of course, carry yourself like in a professional way and, and things like that. Like when people say, tell you no. But it's also a testimony to, to realize like, you know, just, just work through adversity. You know, just work through adversity and really use those opportunities to show people like, you know, this is what I, this is what I'm doing. I'm passionate about it. And one, one person is going out of all the no's, you're always going to get one. Yes. I always say that you're always going to get that one person that that's going to see something in you that either you don't see in yourself or maybe that others don't see, but because they see something in you, that should be the motivation and, and the drive. Like I use that in, in my, in my life too. But yeah, like that should be the drive to keep going. Like, Somebody is going to see something in you and, and to get the fulfilling reward, like I'm doing this for a reason. I'm doing these podcasts for people to tell their stories. Or if you're a person that loves sports, Hey, come on, you know, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Let's have a fun time. You know, you never know how these podcasts, no matter who's watching could change someone's life or really just inspire them. You just never know. I look at every podcast episode I do as an audition and also to uh, don't take no as no as personal, just use it as motivation. And I, yeah. I guess I, I can relate to Jalen Hurts, uh, the quarterback for the Philadelphia mm -hmm. Eagles. He was told he was never good in college. He would not make it in the NFL. And I guess yeah. I'm like a sort of like the underdog story. I kind of use, I don't look at rejection as a negative thing. I use it as motivation because I want to, I want to use mm -hmm. it, prove those people that said no to me, that they were wrong about me and just, continue to improve continue to grow oh, yeah. and learn as well and that's why like i said I, I love hearing other people's stories as well yeah now is it okay before i ask you a couple more questions are you still good for time oh yeah of course okay it's a sunday I was, just, I was like you know we're we're getting to combo <laughs> no problem i i have uh your latest demo reel I think you created it about two weeks ago, and uh, I was just going to play it on here. Hopefully, technology doesn't let me down again today with the opening video. So one second, and I'm going to see if we can get this going. OMG. <laughs> How important is it to, Oops, technology. to be present? You talked about that when your introduction, and I love that.
that. You said that you wanted to be present and you wanted to make yourself known to all the athletes. You know, how important is that to you? Well, I think it's important for me to be visible because I want them to know that they always have access to me. I mean, head coach Willie Simmons said it best. The most difficult part about the game is pulling it together for 60 minutes. But the Rattlers have been proving that coming off of a five game winning streak. And now we have a bye week. So the players are definitely ready for homecoming coming up. What's your why? Why? Why are you out here? What, what's the end goal? You know, what legacy do you want to leave? British professional boxer Tyson Fury will be releasing a cover of Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline. As fans anticipate for 12 o'clock, we're waiting for Jackson State to take on North Carolina Central at this year's Celebration Bowl at no other than the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, the Peach State. You know, and what were some of the lessons that you felt like you learned from your dad, being that he was a coach and he really was that influential factor for you? So in the beginning, when I first started playing football, and Little League, I ain't really care about football. How you feeling? What's going through your head right now? It feel amazing, you feel me? We was down, we talked, they were talking down on us the whole week. We was the underdogs, 16 point underdogs, and we came and we did what we had to do. We disciplined, we fucking ran the ball, man. Central football, man, let's what go. What does this mean to you all? It means it's a start of an error. Yeah, it means everything. We're starting up this program now. Everything's gonna start for us. It's gonna change. Central's changing today. Changing today. How is that being in in your eyes, having to step up to the plate to show them that hey, even though I'm a walk on, I'm able to do X, Y, and Z, and exactly get the X man for a right. reason. So how how was that in your <laughs> eyes? Just it's just started with believing in myself. Yeah, I mean it's been really hot in Tallahassee when it comes to sports, but the Lady Rattlers, I mean, they're bringing the heat. In the midst of all this rain, competitors are ready to saddle up and hit the ground running for the 2022 Red Hills International Horse Trials. Of celebrating its 40th year of accreditation, the first HBCU to hold that distinction, we have one of their very own, Maya Ellison, introducing us to the Bowler Brothers, Kendall and BJ. So we, we grew up with an athletic background. We played a lot of sports, you know, from football, baseball, soccer, track. We did it all growing up. Since they were kids, BJ, Kendall, and their sister Chloe knew that they would bleed orange and green. Their parents, Geisen and Kendra Bowler, graduated from FAMU in 1997 and opened the doors for their children to follow in their footsteps. They pushed us a lot. You know, they all on top of our grades. I was making sure we, you know, doing treatment, just going in there, just doing the extra mm -hmm. stuff. They, they don't see us at the bottom. They don't see us get to that top. Their dad, Geisen Sr., introduced the boys to football in the stomping grounds to their athletic journey. Coach, dad, uh, you know, mentor, all of that good stuff. It was just, uh, it, you know, he, he was just everything for us. Getting to play right next to his older brother, Kendall says it pushes him to get the job done on the field. Yeah, it, it, it gives a lot of terms. Kendall's been playing since we were little boys together. So just him being next to me, I, I know he do his job, so I'm going to do my job. So I just play my part, he play his part. So he just plays out really good. Kendall is looking to follow in his brother's footsteps. BJ wants his siblings to know to always be original and to be yourself. Stick with those who stick with you. Don't try to, you know, fake the funk for nobody. What's going what, what, what's to happen for you in life will happen for you. For BJ and Kendall Bowler, their kickoff to the hill started long <laughs> before hitting the field here at Florida A&M University. But their Rattler pride brought them back to brag. And you can catch them tomorrow against Southern University, and you don't want to miss it. For Black College Live, I'm Maya Ellison. <laughs> That was a great. That was a great job, and uh, and it worked. Thank I was you. worried. I was worried that the technology was going to freeze again. So I was just not uh -huh. even touching. I wasn't touching my computer or anything, and just hoping the YouTube channel didn't freeze because I we'll always just like do something. 
<laughs> yeah, I kind of willed it to work because, like I said, I always like to to show a little video clip of my uh, guests working. That's uh, that demo was real professional. Did you make it yourself? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I did everything that that was in there. Uh, like I said, I've never been a like a reporter. You know, I would go out by myself basically. Um, never really have a cameraman, so I'm just trucking with my camera in, in one hand and the tripod in the other one. Um, and I'll go out to events. Um, and some of those clips, like I was at games, I had to do sideline interviews. Um, and I was blessed to be able to be sports anchor at our TV station here um, on campus, Family uh, TV 20, which is a station is shown at 80,000 plus homes in the Tallahassee area. Um, and so basically it, I, I just went out and, and did my own thing. Like, I, I, I don't know, I just took the opportunity. Um, and like, for example, the package at the end, the, the woman that was introducing me, that was Tiffany Green. She works for ESPN. And so I w when she said, hey, do you want to do a package on DJ and Kendall Bowler? I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, yes. And it, it turned out to be really good at critiques from critiques from her and was able to work on that. And, and you know, just taking those opportunities by storm um, and really just just like we were talking about, don't say don't take no for an answer. Don't do like I did. I have snuck on fields to get the to get the job done. No joke. Like the celebration bowl. I'll, I'll tell the story at the celebration bowl. This is what I mean when you really can't take no for an answer. So um, I wanted to capture just the energy of the stadium and really get those like the interview um, at the end. Um, and so one of the security guards, I think she was looking at my badge or my pass because I had a pass for the press box. I didn't have a pass to be on the field. And so it was maybe like 30 seconds left. In, no, it was it was like maybe, no, I'll take that back. It was like five minutes left in the game. And so I'm like running down from the press box because it was at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And so I'm like, ma'am, like, I'm like, I'm supposed to be out there. You know, like I was out there earlier. You saw me, like we we made eye contact. You saw me, she was like, your past doesn't doesn't say anything about the field. So you're not supposed to be going out there. And I was like, okay. So I was like, all right, thank you for your time. I walked right to the other side of the field and walked right on the field because it's like, I knew that in order to like really get tapped, like my whole thing, I wanted to capture the emotion of the players, you know, and no matter who I interviewed, I was like, I have to be on there. And so because I was on the field, I was able to watch the game finish. I got so much footage. I got when the confetti was coming down and I was able to interview players. Um, and so that was a really good moment where I was like, work through adversity, you know, don't, don't take no for an answer. <laughs> Great stuff. And uh, I've sort of done that with my freelance media work is as, as well and stuff like that. But that, that I just love hearing that story. Um, that leads to this uh, latest question I wanted to ask you as well. How did mm -hmm. you end up with your current role with uh, FAMU TV 20? And what has that experience been like so far? Yeah, so when I first got to FAMU, um, like I was telling you, one of my mentors, her name is Isla. She was actually an anchor for TV. For It's called News 20 at 5, but TV 20 is like the class and um, things like that. So um, she was an anchor. And it's all student-led. Everything is student-led. We learn about EMPS, AP style, um, how to basically create your own rundown. And it's, like I said, everything is student-led from writing the script to going out and being an MMJ to being a reporter. 
to doing your live shots, like without a teleprompter at all, right? So I did all of that, you know, like I was telling you, I, I came in and I hit the ground running my freshman year and my sophomore year, I ended up um, auditioning for the role of sports anchor because I did my package last year, right? And I showed my professor and he was like, um, you know, just apply. So I applied and I think because like there's only been two sophomores in like the history of them doing the um, the show where they've taken an anchor, they've taken on an anchor role. So I guess I was like the third sophomore. And so I was like, okay, cool. And so when I was doing my, um, my uh, like anchoring and stuff, I learned about getting ready for when you have to do a show. Like we were live, like keep in mind, this is a live show. We're showing to 80,000 plus homes in the Tallahassee area. And I was just able to grow as a journalist. I was able to understand um, the, like the inflictions of tone when you're talking about certain stories, how to adapt to the changes of when you're talking about the highlights of a game to now like, um, players passed away, you know, how do you go about the ethics behind that? On top of that, while I was an anchor, I also had to do stuff with news. So I was doing everything. I, like I was telling, we were talking about being a jack of all trades. Um, so that was the start of me being a sports anchor. Um, and then my junior year, I was still working with the station, but I was doing news. I was doing live shots. So basically I was going up to our convergence area, which is where they have a camera set up. And you kind of see the computers around. It gives you like the news desk settings. I um, mean, you know, if you're watching like ABC World News or you're watching like CNN, you can kind of see the desk and whatnot. So um, I would go up there. They would give me my script and I would just memorize and go, you know, um, really had to learn how to adapt when it comes to a news story and what you're doing when you're kind of have to ad lib, you're writing your own stuff, things like that. Um, and so then last year was the the year I did, I was sports anchor again. So I've been sports anchor twice. And um, this time I was doing sports, I was sports anchor and I was a multimedia journalist, which meant that my teacher said, you need to go out each week um, and you basically have to bring in a story, whether that be a story about, um, um, since we're in the, the Capitol Four, you know, going to the Capitol, um, doing things about politics. Um, some of my stories dealt with uh, politics, what's going on in the Tallahassee area, but I also had to implement sports stories. So that meant writing my own script, going into ENPS, and of course, utilizing AP style to like take package. And, and this is what your, uh, your um, I'm drawing a blank right now, but basically creating your headline and things like that. Like I, I love it because you can understand everything. Like I, I just like writing. I like writing. I like telling stories. I like going out and getting things done. And I was able to do all that as an MMJ and as an anchor. So I got like the best of both worlds. And so now I still do it. Like right now though, I do things with sports and news, but not more so on the anchor level. I'm just a reporter. So I'll go out and, you know, go be my own producer, my own writer, editor. Um, and of course, like meeting deadline, but all of those skill sets are transferable within no matter what you do. When it comes to meeting deadline, you can use that in the digital realm. When you're writing a script, you can use that in writing an article. It's all transferable. That's why I love journalism. Like it's, it, everything is transferable. Um, and so I, I really enjoy what I do. And I've just been blessed to be able to start so early in my college career and now getting ready to graduate and see my progression of how I started as an anchor and now how I look now as an anchor so pretty cool <laughs> awesome stuff and i was gonna say the word that describes you is go-getter passion obviously <laughs> thank you <laughs> i think your passion's even more than mine and uh 
go getter. As soon as the way you talk about stuff is that's what you got to do in this industry. Nothing is given to you. You have to go out yeah. and ta- and do it yourself. You have to go out and get yeah. it. Yeah, nothing nothing is given to given to you. Like nothing is handed to you on a silver platter, right? I sound like my dad. But like literally nothing is given to you on a silver platter. Like you have to go out and get it. And I I, I can't take all that credit. Like my parents and growing up, of course, like I was saying, I'm an only child, growing up in a Christian household, always looking to God when I not saying my story is perfect. My story is far from perfect. I've gotten so many no's. There are times where I've been depressed, filled with anxiety, compare myself to others because it's like, yeah, because it's just like you look at other people's story and it's like sometimes the thoughts, which is not good, you know, it's like, man, I want to get there, but you're not going to get there tomorrow. You know, God's plan is to allow you to realize that the plan takes time. And if you just listen to him and listen to his word, and of course, like listening to the guidance now, my parents would disagree if I was like in high school or middle school, but now being in college and really just listening to their guidance and their advice has really taken me far. And so that's why I'm like, I cannot take this credit at all, you know? Um, and, and, And that's really why I have that, I guess that personality, that go getter type of type of energy, because it's, it, it, it was taught to me from my parents and from growing up in a Christian household. And we have some comments on here. The life of Sydney says, Hey Maya. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and a radio station in Georgia, ironically, who's on my Facebook page. Uh, great job. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I'm trying to get my audience a little bit more involved with my podcast shows as well. But, uh, I was going to say too, um, yeah, sometimes uh, when you get told a lot, no one turned down, it kind of does get you down. But then you realize this is something you want to do and and, uh, and it's a passion. And you, you obviously have a very strong yeah. passion and uh, you have a great story there as well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> are, are you okay for a couple more questions? A few more minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of okay. course. Um, can you just tell us about your current role with the radio station as your sports director? And what is a daily day like at a radio station? And what are some of the, the major differences between the, the TV side and the radio side? Yeah, of course. That's actually like a very new role to me. Like I'm still learning and still like trying to plan, prepare and stuff. So um, I was introduced to the role um, by the, the manager and the director over the entire radio station. His name is Terrence. And so um, I was like, you know, uh, is anybody applying? Like, I want to see, like, what are you looking for? And he was just saying someone that can really help and guide the, I guess, like the sports uh, department in this case for the radio station. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. Um, not knowing that that try would allow me to gain this position. Um, and so like, we're really just getting started. We have meetings every every month um, with the radio station. It's not just me. There are other students that are, taking these type of roles um, from news directors, um, working over like the audio and, and the visuals and social media, you know, really just trying to find ways to get that digital and social content because it's a radio station, right? So um, with my role, uh, basically we, I look and kind of see different sports shows and kind of what they're doing. Um, all of the guys and some of the girls that are working, they do great. They're amazing. So it's like, I kind of don't have to do much, but now we are actually planning, starting to hit the ground running and trying to plan things like three on three basketball tournaments to really get um, 
people to say, oh, hey, look, this is 90.5. Um, we also have sports. This is, we have news, entertainment, anything you want to do, like we're here. Um, and so that's kind of in the works right now. But I really like the position because I'm learning a lot about like leadership and then also take, teach time management, um, how to work with others. Um, some of the things that it's like, that's kind of cliche, but really it, it helps in this industry because you have to work as a team in journalism in radio, in no matter what you're doing. And sometimes you're met with problems, you're met with issues, or sometimes things go smoothly. But I feel like because it's fairly new and I'm even learning about like, hey, maybe I can do better on time management. Maybe I can do better in, you know, doing certain things. Like I, I'm learning so much, but um, fairly new. And I can't wait to see what is going to happen up until, you know, like May. But for now, we're really working on the basketball tournament and make sure everything looks good with social media, um, which is like another department. But yeah, it's been really fun. Like I really, I really enjoy it. And it's truly a team effort. That's what I love doing um, mm -hmm. I, with my camera work or what I did last night with the university. You, Everybody mm -hmm. needs to play a part. The camera guy, the audio yeah. guy, the graphics guy, the producer. The producer is like the quarterback of a, a broadcast, which you have to yeah. be good at everything. So much respect. And, and to make a good broadcast or even a live stream, everybody has to do their jobs. Yeah, I got my first look into like the behind the scenes world, like seriously, like a couple weeks ago. So I take a class at Florida State, which is um, it's like seminal production. And so basically, I think I posted on like my LinkedIn, but I was learning, never even knew this was a job. I was like, wow, kudos to anybody that works um, the shading when it comes to videos. I was like, wow, this is really awesome. So they had me doing shading one day. Another day I was learning how to put up graphics when it comes to doing like a live game and working the jumbotron for like softball and basketball or like being behind the camera or knowing what the producer does, how you're supposed to set up a camera on a game day. You know, like I was like, man, like this is a team effort. I, I, I was like, I don't know anyone that can do this by themselves because they would literally be pulling their hair out because it's a lot that goes into live production. And so I was like, man, like, this is awesome. And so they had me doing shading, like, by myself. I think this was, like, last week for a softball game, and it was raining. So I had to constantly switch all of the irises and move the, the white balance and yes. things like that. Yes, because I was like, man, like, this is a lot of work, but this is fun, you know? Because it's like, I, I think one of their, one of the... Um, the highlights that were that was on Sports Center actually was from a Florida State softball game the other day, and they were telling me they was like, okay, you know, the shading gotta has to be right. You never know who's gonna see this, and you know, just like you never know who's watching. And so, all of that and me learning all of that has been like amazing. So it is a team effort for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of that, I have a quick story to share with you. I did camera mm -hmm. work for the local university here, basketball team the other day, and mm -hmm. they were down by two points. And I was the camera guy and everybody's like, okay, game's over. There's only one second left. The player, the, the one player who's going to be on my show next week, uh, Rashad Weeks, uh, a guard, he just threw up a, a Hail Mary past half court that went in to win the game. And I was the only camera guy. 
I caught it and 400,000 views. I wasn't the broadcaster, oh obviously, but my work was shown on viral, yeah. like all these social media sites, just as a camera operator. And I was like, that's yeah. me. That's my work. And it, it just felt great. I know I didn't win the game or whatever, but it was just, I was at the, even as a camera operator, you still got to work like the players. You can't take yeah. a play off. You can't let up until the end of the game. But it was just nice to see my camera work over the over Canada and North America on this uh, Hail Mary crazy shot at the end of the game. That is awesome. Yeah, and you, and you even said something that I feel like everyone can resonate to. No matter if you're the broadcast, you don't have to be on camera. If you know that you did that, you wrote that article, you put that post out on social media for ESPN, or you filmed that that Hail Mary, like anything, no matter what, like it, it's just the rewarding feeling of knowing like, hey, I did that. Like I can yeah. put that on my resume, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that story with you. And uh, yeah, like you said, it was just awesome being a part of that. I've been a lot, a lot of, I filmed a lot of sporting events, but never one with that kind of crazy type of ending. Crazy thing happening. I know. And you was the only one that caught it. Yes. Dang. And, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Definitely. I'll have to send you a clip of it. I, there was a clip of it on social media, so I'll definitely send you one. And the announcers, it was all female announcers too that day. It was uh, women's oh, See, that's even here. That's yes. cool too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they were even, uh, they were a little excited as well, but it was just amazing to be a part of that. So even if it was university, so cool. still amazing. Yeah. Now this last question, I, I got Two more questions and we'll wrap this up. This one I had to ask you uh, as well, Maya. Um, what has mm -hmm. been your most memorable, I didn't say favorite, most memorable story you've written so far and live interview you've done so far in your, your career? The most memorable interview? That's a good question. I feel like I've done so many. I, I have to say when last year we started working on, okay, so um, there's another show that we have here at FAMU. I mean, it's like a sports center type of show, um, like called Rattler Take, like first take, but Rattler Take. And um, long story short, we did stories with um, like the package that I think was at the end of my reel, uh, Kendall and BJ. It was like, I had to go in and do an interview. And then I did this interview um, with another player um, whose name was Medarius. And so both of those interviews had to be the most memorable. And I'll say because it was the most relaxed, not only I've ever been, but I feel like they have ever done, you know, because you have to be, it was about being vulnerable um, and really just telling your story. That was the whole initiative for me interviewing them. Like I wanted to, them to tell their story and some that's that like i was saying earlier that's the reason why i want to be a journalist to be able to allow athletes coaches to be able to tell their stories in in elements where they feel like they've never been able to um and i have to say that was the most memorable oh there's one more too i was a part of this program and it's called galvanize and galvanize is basically for women in sports no matter who you are um, you can apply. It's it's led by Laura Oakman. She's a reporter for Fox Sports for like 30 plus years. And basically it was an amazing, amazing, amazing two to three days because we were able to partner with um, a team. So I, because I'm from Atlanta, I partnered with the Atlanta Falcons and I was able to learn how to be vulnerable, not only to, for, to help players be vulnerable to you, but how you can be vulnerable to others. 
because imagine if if someone comes up and they're like hey we need you to talk about this moment in your life and you're like I don't you know know you and so we had to connect with these players and there were some times where I had to explain to them certain things that were happening in my life during then and he the player that I had um Tyler Algier he ended up explaining some of the things that were happening in his life and so um it was just, it was really memorable because it was inspiring to know that I was able to learn some of these elements when it comes to interviewing, but also just getting to understand that at the end of the day, like athletes are just people like you and me, like that. I always Humans. say that because I feel like when people, like people I don't know are outside of my friends and associates that are like, oh, you work in sports? Have you ever met so-and-so? Have you ever met so-and-so? And it's like, they, they're just people like you and me. Like, I, I just feel like they're put, we put athletes, professional athletes on pedestals. And it's like, as a reporter, yep. my whole initiative is just to allow the viewers or like your average everyday basketball viewer, football viewer, baseball, whoever it is to say like, hey, I can connect to them or hey, they go through anxiety and uh, uh, like, like thoughts and so many other things like you and me, like, you know, so I, I thought that was memorable and, and also just inspiring to do all of those interviews because I was able to be vulnerable with them and they were able to be, to, to be vulnerable with me as well to tell their story. Great stuff. And uh, the word I'm looking for is build a rapport. You build a rapport with somebody, you build their trust and yeah. more comfortable. Sometimes with guests on my podcast show, they've come on and they were kind of like a little nervous or a little hesitant with me. And then sooner they opened up a subject that they're very passionate about, they opened up and then they just, they became more comfortable with me. So my job as a podcast host or doing freelance media work is to actually exactly what you said, uh, build a, a rapport, trust with somebody and also yeah. be vulnerable, share your stories with your interviews as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it's nothing like getting that emotion and it's, I guess you would say like the genuine feeling of knowing like you're doing this for a reason because you're passionate about like how you're saying build a rapport or, or for me, like really having, being able to allow athletes or I can walk away and say, Hey, they told their story and I was able to help put that out to the world. You know um, I think when you do it genuinely, then it's like, unlike no other. They can sense if you're not being yourself, even on a podcast exactly, show. Yeah. Don't be somebody that you're not because the audience and your guests will pick up that right away. So I'm, I, uh, I try to be myself. I'm not perfect. I do make <laughs> mistakes, but I think generally my audience and my guests uh, are willing to, they like me because I try to be myself on here. Be, be you. Be you. Hashtag be you. Definitely. <laughs> And then uh, just two quick questions. This one's a fun question I do with my guests too. Um, what is your favorite music band, sports teams, uh, favorite athletes, and is there a favorite restaurant in Florida uh, that you like to go to? That way when I do visit Florida at some point in my new vehicle, uh, I'll be able to go there as well. <laughs> um. Okay, well, I'll start with teams because, like, my dad is the reason why I am in Atlanta everything. like. Falcons, Braves, Hawks, Hawks. Uh, yeah, all of that. Um, music? I really like all types of music, honestly. I'm more of like hip hop. It depends on what day. Like, if I'm more like, okay, like I'm trying to be hype and stuff, like 
hip hop or I like like soft R&B. It's like different. It's just a vibe, you know, um, like artists. This guy's name is Brent Fias. I like him. Um, dang, I have a playlist that has like four days worth of music. I wow. put the link in there. Yeah. Like I really do love music. I, I like yeah. all type of music. My both of my parents, um, that my dad used to have this, I think they still have it. I don't know. But it's like this CD. It was like a CD. Um it just it turned and it had like a bunch of CDs on it. It was like a CD display. And he had so much like old school music, like Michael Jackson, Prince, Earth yes. Wind and Fire, uh, the Gap Band. And so I Good selection. I Good selection. See? Good selection. And so I, um, I'm starting to realize, like, I like that type of music. So on certain days, I'll like play my old school music that has all that type of music. And I feel like people are going to be like, oh, that's so old. And it's like, y'all are missing out on good music. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and a um, favorite. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was like, favorite restaurant? I don't know. If you were asking ask my friends, what do I eat? The top three is Chick-fil-A, Chipotle, and Zaxby's. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't really go. I don't really know if there's like a restaurant here that I'm like, oh, yeah, you should definitely go. Um, There's this Mexican restaurant. It's like maybe 15 minutes from campus or 10, 15 minutes. It's called Casa Grande. So if you like Mexican food, I think you should go there. It's, it's really good food. and um, I like Mexican food. I mean, I, yeah, I don't I really have too. a favorite restaurant. I yeah, do. I love Mexican food. I don't really have food. a favorite restaurant. <laughs> I like I like my guacamole dip, and I like spicy See? Mexican food. And the queso. Yes. Okay, so you yes. like spicy. See, I like spicy. I guess instead of restaurants, like I'll do Mexican food here, or like Thai food, yeah. um, like Asian food. I love that type of stuff because I like spicy food. So it's like I can deal with it. <laughs> Definitely. I got one more comment. I think this is from uh, uh, Hawkins. Sushi and Thai food. <laughs> yeah, top tier. Oh, and sushi. Sushi is like sushi. number one. Okay, yeah. I think I'll pass he's on right sushi. On point. And he's got another comment. No way she forgot that. Thank you so much for watching as well. I appreciate that. So, no, this is great. The comments coming in, that's great. I really appreciate the comments. And, and um, uh, he was also able to follow me on my social media pages of, as well, which is great as well. That's that was cool. Definitely. And uh, last question before we wrap this up. And uh, I'm sorry I kept you over 40 minutes, but no, I really okay. appreciate it. No, it's okay. This is fun. I, I'm having fun. <laughs> my, my original show was called uh, 30 Minutes Live with CDP, but uh, I had to change it because a lot of my shows uh, usually generally go we'll about go an hour. 30. So I'm yeah. doing something right if my guests want to talk to me for uh, an hour. Exactly. So. But I learned too, if my guest only has 20 minutes, I do 20 minutes. And and one thing I didn't bring up with you, and you know this as well, uh, being in the industry is the word flexible. You always got to be flexible in mm -hmm. the industry, no matter if it's TV, radio, live streaming, uh, digital exactly. writing, you have to be flexible. Exactly. And I agree. And this leads to my last question. Uh, what advice would you give to those, not just myself, who are looking to pursue a career in journalism, broadcasting, and where can my audience uh, find you on social media? Um, I feel like we've been giving advice like the whole time, but I, I mean, I'll kind of sound like repetitive, but really like just go out and be yourself. Like in this industry, I feel like it's, it is competitive. I'll say like for me, my journey to 
wanting to either be like an on-air talent or be work with, you know, behind the scenes, radio, um, production, no matter what it is, everything is competitive, right? But as long as you're genuine, as long as you're yourself and really just use the opportunities when people say no, or, you know, like at this time, I always get emails like that. At this time, we were unable to select you for da 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 but what I will say, the best advice I got is when you get no's for when you're going out and pursuing those positions, email them back and not only say thank you for allowing me to get this far in the process, but also ask them, do you have any tips or critiques about my resume or about me as a journalist that I can work on so I can use that to try again when I go out and apply? And I've gotten responses where like I've been ignored when I ask that question or sometimes people are taken aback, but in a good way because they're, you don't meet people at a lot of times where they ask for critique and it took me a long time to get there because if you ask my parents like I'm the type of person where I used to hate constructive criticism and sometimes it's hard for me to hear it now because it's like I I want to be perfect and I want to hit everything on the head when it comes to my passages and and you know um writing scripts and articles and and the constructive criticism will help you even though it's hard to hear, but it will help you. So when you ask for constructive criticism after an interview, or if you ask for constructive criticism after you um, get a no on an application, that way you can write down, okay, this is what they said I need to work on. I'm going to use this amount of time to work on it. I'm doing that right now. You know, I'm sending my reel to different news directors and I'm like, hey, what are you looking for when it comes to a sports reporter or sports and, and news reporter and MMJ? Because of course, everybody's reel is going to look similar, right? But think about the ways that you want to stand out, whether that be like um, like singing in your packages or um, doing things that really help you just be, be genuine, basically. Um, and so that's what I'll say, be genuine. Um, if you get a no, just try again. Um, and really just follow your passions. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, the worst someone can tell you is no. Um, and just ask questions. I ask questions all the time. And it's not annoying because it's like, you want to learn. You know, I'm a college student really about to get ready to get into a, a, the next stage of my life. And so, of course, I'm going to ask for advice. And, and I've been um, blessed to be able to have people um, that have responded and have given me a ton of advice. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully that helped. I mean, you can find me on Instagram at the Maya Ellison. I'm usually on Instagram and I see like my Twitter is at the bottom. I just realized that. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Um, and yeah, everything is on like my social media is all the same. Maya Ellison. Um, my Twitter is Maya Faith. Um, so yeah, I was just glad to be on here. Thank you. I, I, I really thought this was really dope and really cool and just able to both of us to share our stories and advice and like we were talking about earlier you never know who's listening or watching who will come across and be like hey that was that was good advice and they'll take it and run with it <laughs> absolutely and uh, i know building a podcast audience is a lot of work and it takes time you just don't start something a new career yeah, and all of a sudden get new audience but my audience is slowly building up and one thing you just said there too uh, Maya I, I need to do is when someone does uh, turn me down just to write them back nicely and just say hey uh, what could I do to improve to have improve yeah. my chances for a, a next opportunity that's one thing I need to work on and uh, making my own demo reels and editing so I still there's still a lot of this industry I need to uh, work on and keep learning as well 
Yeah, and 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 the thing is, like you, everyone's going on the right track. Like you're talking about when you can go on YouTube and say how to use Final Cut Pro, um, or like if you're a type of person where, for example, I'm learning hockey. Like I, I am oh. learning hockey right now, and I will Great. go and look. Yes, I will go and say one on hockey one on one, for example. Like yeah. you know, and it's just like I say all that. To say you can literally go on google and just find everything you know and if you're passionate yeah if you ever want to pick my brain about hockey i'd be glad to help you out there as well yes please (laughs) i am a i am a football basketball tennis baseball you name it hockey is new and i'm like i'm gonna learn it i'm gonna learn it and you should check out the National Lacrosse League. It's called the NLL, the National Lacrosse League. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of hockey and basketball. If you can ever mm-hmm. Google the National Lacrosse League and just watch some of their highlights, you'll okay. love the game. The lacrosse players are great athletes, and it's so exciting as well. Yeah. I like. I feel like there's a field outside of like where I stay. Like It's like a soccer field. But there are some lacrosse teams. I think some of the high schools here have lacrosse teams. So you just remind me of something. Maybe I should check and see if I can go to a lacrosse and just like just see how it is. <laughs> there's two types of lacrosse. There's field lacrosse, which is outdoors, and then mm-hmm. there's box lacrosse, which is played in NHL type arenas. So uh, yeah, yeah, check check them both out. The field lacrosse, I don't know a lot about. I'm gonna have to learn that game. But the box lacrosse, the indoor game, is just amazing. If you get a chance to check out nll.com, and I've done some freelance media work with the Buffalo Bandits. Oh, that's cool. Yes, well, that is so, so cool. Okay, I'm gonna yes. check that out. I'm gonna have yes, to remember so- that. Yeah, and, and maybe I'll pick your brains about stuff too, because like I said, um, yeah. I I always learn something new from my guests, and I hope they learn something new about me as well. So it's just it's about yes. learning. I love learning. Yes, this was so, awesome, and I'm so glad I was able to just come on and share my story, advice, and just have yes. a good time. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, I was going to say, if you can give me a little bit of time, I'm going to just go for a hike when we're done this show. I got to get my exercise in. Then I'm going (laughs) to download, I'm going to download this uh, uh, podcast to my audio platforms Mm. and I will send you a copy of the audio version. And right now the YouTube version will be available as soon as we wrap this up. Awesome. Thank you so much. I was going to say, and I pronounced your name right, right? Maya? Mm Mm-hmm. Maya, okay. And that's one thing too, name pronunciation is especially important on live interviews, podcasts. And if you're not sure, ask your guests ahead of time or use yeah. a website. There's websites out there that can help you as well. That can tell you. Yeah, I use it yeah, too. <laughs> because it's just professionalism. And uh, I was going to say, you're one of my favorite guests and the one hour plus time really? we've talked to you. Yes. <laughs> We've talked for what 70 minutes and it's just gone by so yeah. quick. And uh, I really appreciate you giving me some time and uh, and sharing you my stories. Is this your this first Canadian so podcast? Is this your first yes. podcast in Canada? When I, yes, when I found out that you're from Canada, I was I was telling my friends, I was like, I'm gonna be on a podcast and he's from Canada. <laughs> so. I was like, okay. I I've never been to Canada. My parents have, but I, I've never been, but I want to go one day. You should ask him what part of Canada, because Canada's got like 10 provinces. They're like 
what provinces here are like what states are and we have about 10 okay. provinces uh we don't have the population that the states does but we have the second mm -hmm. most land in uh in the world behind after russia so we have man. lots of land here in canada man yeah i i think my my dad used to have to go to canada for i think it was like ontario or something yeah that's know, where i live in ontario yeah, province oh, cool. of Ontario. Yeah. That's where I'm. Yeah, I'm about an hour from Toronto. Toronto is our version of New York City. Yeah. Okay. I was like the busy. only reason. The only reason why I know the Toronto and Ontario is because of Drake. Don't quote me on that either. <laughs> yes, Drake used to come to where I work to gamble. He uh, he would really wait like midnight. Two in the morning, and uh -huh. he would take his entourage, and they would go into a VIP room in the casino, and he would. Uh, I'd like to lose some money, <laughs> but he, he's, uh, yeah, yeah. But he apparently has never forgot where he came from. And uh, he always does uh, charity work and stuff like that as well. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. So, but <laughs> hey, uh, we'll definitely, we'll definitely keep in touch with you on social media and maybe we'll have you back again as a guest in the future. If you uh, yeah, uh, wish to come back on again as well. And I pick your brain yeah, more about fun. your media work and stuff as well. But I want to say, uh, Maya, thank you so much for coming on live with CDP Sports Talk today. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of the day. And uh, thank the week you. Coming ahead, our favorite day is coming up tomorrow, Monday. Uh, the dreaded Monday. The dreaded Monday. Monday. I know. So, all right. Well, thank you again for coming on live with CDP. And uh, we'll definitely have this. Uh, sent you on audio uh, link in the next hour or two okay thank you so much this was awesome thank you so much and we'll keep in touch with you on social media have a great evening maya you too bye, bye. thank you <laughs> bye, bye. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed uh, episode uh, season five, episode 27 today with Maya Ellison. Uh, she's the uh, sports director at WANM 90.5 FM in Tallahassee, Florida, and she's a college student as well. And uh, I really appreciate Maya giving us uh, some time today as well. Before we wrap up this podcast show, guys, this is episode 247 I just completed today. Uh, some news. Family Day in Ontario is tomorrow, Monday, February 20th. The National Basketball League of Canada, which I'm a media affiliate, has a doubleheader on NBLCTV. The London Lightning, the defending champs at the Windsor Express at 2 p.m. Aaron Sanders with that call. And then the Kitchener-Waterloo Titans season opener is uh, versus the Subway 5 at 2.30. So check out NBLC. TV tomorrow for the London Windsor game at two o'clock at a sold out WFC center F at WFCU center in Windsor. And then the Kitchener Waterloo Titans open up their season against the Sudbury five in Sudbury at two 30 tomorrow. Again, check out NBLC TV as well. The next small talk podcast show with hosts and Andy Carol Woolery and myself, Chris Palme will be this Saturday, February 25th at 1 PM Eastern live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, and the small talk or sorry. And the small talk podcast, Facebook page and audio via 
and audio via iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, etc. Our guest will be Gail Smith. She is a, a personal trainer and fitness person, and she's going to come on and talk about her business. And uh, she also uh, deals with mental well-beings and also um, mental health. She deals with mental health, and also she's a... Um, fitness and nutritionist as well so looking forward to that so next saturday at one o'clock small talk podcast season one episode two with and andy carol woolery and myself gail smith will be our guest and we'll be talking about fitness uh, nutrition and mental health as well next live with cdp sports talk season five episode 28 brought to you by barry collins chevrolet wednesday February 22nd at 4.30 Eastern with Hutton Jackson. He is an Emmy award-winning producer, sports media professional uh, with the Action Network in the States. And he also produces sports betting video content for the Action Network's award-winning app and social media and YouTube channels as well. So hope you guys can tune in for the next Live with CDP podcast this Wednesday, February 22nd, 4.30 Eastern with Hutton Jackson as well on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn, and later on all of my audio platforms as well. Just reading the comments here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Hawkins, ab- awesome episode. Thank you so much uh, for following me on social media and for watching today's episode with um, Maya, uh, Maya Ellison. Uh, I think she was a great guest, great story. So thank you so much. Really appreciate your support. And WQEE Key, thank you so much uh, for the kind words. Great job as well. And uh, speaking of that, I want to say thank you to everybody on my social media platforms. Uh, Live stream, Live with CDP Sports Talk is live streamed on YouTube. Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn. I want to say thank you to everybody for watching this today, live streamed as well. Also, guys, you can check my website out, beacons.ai slash Chris D. All my previous podcast shows, all my social media work, live interviews, and my social media sites are on beacons.ai slash Chris D. as well. Live with CDP Sports Talk, again, is sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Automobile. Check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles. And again, guys, uh, Barry Cullen Chevrolet now has a Cadillac Lyric, an all-electric Cadillac Lyric that's now available for a test drive at Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Either uh, contact them at info at barrycullen.com or call them at 519-824-0210 to pre-book an appointment to test drive the all-electric Cadillac Lyric. It's a beautiful-looking vehicle, and uh, like I said, guys, I'm quite happy with my Chevy Trailblazer, but again, check out Barry Cullen uh, Chevrolet for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles, especially the Cadillac Lyric, the all-electric one. Again, if you're interested in a test drive, please give them a call or give them uh, an email at info at barrycollins.com as well. You can follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. I post a lot of video and social media content on TikTok. Again, at Live with CDP or CDP there as well. StreamYard is the official live stream provider of Live with CDP Sports Talk podcast. If you're into webinars or podcasting, check out StreamYard. 
great customer service and it's a great product as well. As we wrap this up, live with CDP Sports Talk podcast, the audio version is available on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, LinkedIn, Stitchered, and tuned in. And I want to say thank you to everybody for listening to my podcast show on my audio platforms. I have listeners now in 24 countries across the world. So again, thank you for everyone for watching this live stream and on, on my audio platforms as well. And guys, before we wrap this up, uh, any comments or questions about my podcast show uh, live with CDP Sports Talk, you can always email me at cpome, that's cpome, P-O-M-A-Y, 19 at gmail.com with uh, comments or questions or suggestions for my podcast show as well. And you guys can also follow me on LinkedIn, Chris Pame. I post a lot of content on LinkedIn as well. And you guys can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter at Chris D. Pame, Instagram, Chris Pame. And also, guys, please subscribe and hit like to my YouTube channel as well. And I'm at 150 subscribers. And I want to say thank you to everyone that's subscribed to my YouTube channel as well. And again, guys, before we wrap this up, Again, my next live, my next small talk podcast with my host, uh, co-host, and Andy Carol Woolery and myself will be Saturday, February twenty fifth at one p.m. with uh, guest Gail Smith to talk fitness, nutrition, and mental health, and it'll be live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn as well, and also on the Small Talk Podcast Facebook page as well. If you wish to check that out, and again, guys, season five, episode twenty eight of Live with CDP Sports Talk. Brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet will again be this Wednesday, February 22nd at 4.30 with Hutton Jackson, an Emmy award-winning producer and sports media professional with the Action Action Network in the United States. So hope you can tune into that show with Hutton Jackson this Wednesday, February 22nd at 4.30. And that wraps it up, guys. Again, I want to say thank you to my guest today, my wonderful guest, uh, Maya Ellison, uh, coming on today, sports director at WAA, WANM 90.5 FM in Tallahassee, Florida. And she's also a college student as well. And she's working hard on a career in the media broadcasting industry. So please check her out as well on her social media pages as well. Thank you, everybody, for watching live with CDP Sports Talk on this Sunday, February 19th. And we'll see you guys Wednesday, February 22nd at 4.30 with Hutton Jackson. I hope everybody has a great rest of the weekend. And in Ontario, enjoy your family day. You enjoy your family day holiday uh, tomorrow, Monday, February 20th, here in the province of Ontario. Have a great evening, everybody, and we'll see you Wednesday at 4.30 with Hutton Jackson for the next edition of Live with CDP Sports Talk, again brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Good night, everybody, and thanks for watching and listening to Live with CDP Podcast.